One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Internet Marketing. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, Kelvin gives us an update on Facebook graph search, all coming up in Internet Marketing. When Facebook launched their graph search search engine, there was a huge amount of hype, a huge amount of excitement about whether Facebook could genuinely launch a search engine that could rival Google. Um, And what was interesting about that launch is the fact that actually, although there was this huge amount of hype when it was first announced, Facebook have actually been relatively slow to roll out to the general public. Um, And a number of people, myself included, have had access to it for a couple of months now. Um, And what I wanted to talk to you in this podcast was about how graph search works, um, what the underlying technologies are that inform graph search, and I suppose kind of use it as a clue to where search is headed in the future. Because even if you don't believe that Facebook will build a search engine that will challenge Google, what they have deemed to be important and what they are focusing on in search is a really good indicator of where the future of search engines lie. And I also think it's particularly interesting because they kind of have come at search from quite a different perspective and thought process to Google, which actually is kind of in a weird way of studying that, I've understood the way that Google works a little bit better as a consequence. So graph search is kind of underpinned by this concept, this technology of the unicorn. And I'll come across that, I'll explain that in a little bit more detail as the the podcast progresses. Now, I want to start off by stating the case that I'm not really here to try and convince you that graph search will catch on. Um, lots of people have written about that in the past. Lots of people have spoken about that in the past. But I do think you have to remember quite how significant and quite what proportion of the internet that goes through Facebook. If you imagine that all of the internet is 100%, there are some studies that were circulated a couple of years ago that said that as much as 25% of all the traffic on the internet goes to Facebook. So... Everything else, the remaining 75%, the remaining four, um, three out of four internet visits you're fighting for. Facebook have already got a quarter of them taken away. And in that three quarters that are left, you are competing against Google, YouTube, Wikipedia, the Daily Mail. Your website's in there, my website's in there, her website's in there, his website's in there. Basically, to a certain extent, we're kind of fighting over the scraps of what's left of the internet that Facebook doesn't want. 
And it's going to be easier for them to grow that proportion and pick up search within that than I think to a certain extent another search engine coming in rivaling Google. But there's a fundamental difference between how Facebook have dealt with the challenge of helping people find things they want online and how Google currently deals with search results. Now, Google, in most cases, is all about documents and links, right? So the whole paradigm of how they think about search is that the wet or how they thought about search um, is that the web is a series of documents and those documents are interconnected using hyperlinks. Now, the way that Facebook think about it is actually subtle, but, you know, actually quite a bit different. Their way of thinking about search is about things and relationships between those things. So Google are about documents and links and Facebook are about things and relationships. Now, that might sound like a subtle difference, but actually it's quite a huge one. Um, And I think it's the way that Facebook are dealing with this or at least the way that Facebook's um, graph search search engine is set up, is far better equipped for the web as we know it. And Facebook are in a really, really strong position because their data that they have has a far more explicit structure um, than the traditional web index and text that's found on pages. So if you imagine the concept that Google are trying to kind of understand content and what it means, um, it's perhaps not that hard um, for Google to kind of pass or understand a phrase like, I like Nerf guns, right? And you've got the bits there that I, the like, and Nerf guns. They could, you know, they could even have a go at understanding something like, I was at Castle Grid in Leeds for lunch yesterday. Right, if I marked that up in a very particular series of microformats, they could understand the concepts of I as individual. They can understand the concept of at as you know a place you were at. They can understand cattle grid um, as an entity, and that cattle grid exists within Leeds, and that lunchtime is a time of day, and that that happened yesterday as a date. They can kind of get that, but you've got to mark that up in a very specific way for Google to understand that. And most web documents aren't marked up in that way, shape or form at all. Uh, It has a much harder job of understanding things like I'm uh, married to my wife, Carolyn, right? Because Facebook already knows that that happened in 2007. I've got a good idea of who attended the ceremony. We didn't do the invites through Facebook, but they can see all of the people who were tagged within the wedding photos that happened at that point in time. They also know when we got engaged because they've got the relationship status going on there as well. And all kinds of different data above and beyond that about the relationship of me and my wife on Facebook and me and all of my friends and me and all the number of places that I've checked into on Facebook and me and all the um, links that I've shared on Facebook. They've got a far more rich database. It might not be as big. They might not have every single document that exists on the web, but all of the data they do have is far more structured and the relationship between it is far clearer than any of the data that Google have. So I think the fundamental thing to understand if you are using graph search is that you're not really making a search in the way that we perhaps think about it. Instead, really what you're doing is filtering a structured database of all of the data that Facebook has. Now, Google is all about finding pages on other websites to go and visit, whereas Facebook's graph search is more about finding things that exist and the relationships between them within the Facebook walled garden, 
Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be able to compete and do everything that Google can do, but the things Graph Search does well is very, very hard for Google to replicate. So there's a big problem um, within building a, you know, a search engine based on, you know, Facebook's data. First of all, they've got a huge amount of data. The word big data doesn't even begin to describe how much data that Facebook have. So to put that into context, Facebook have over a billion users logging onto their site every month. There are 240 million photos uploaded every day. 2.7 billion likes every single day. That's increasing at that rate every single day. And every day people are sharing billions of pieces of content. And there's over one trillion connections between content, between things um, and people. Um, and there's over a thousand different types of connections that could be there as well. There's more than just the like on Facebook. There's all kinds of different relationships between things on Facebook. So what's the solution? Well, that's their unicorn system that they use. And I don't want to get into the unicorn quite yet, but I want to take a step back and kind of define some terms. Now, first of all, I should make a bit of a caveat. I'm a media studies student. I didn't study computer science at university. I'm not a computer scientist by any stretch of the imagination. But what I have done is studied a lot of how Facebook talk about their graph search technology. And fundamental to that is a key computer science concept, this idea of edges and nodes. Now, nodes are the nouns in kind of computer science and in graph search. They're the things, right? Whereas edges are the verbs. They're the connection between the things. So, to try and put some meat on the bone there, every user is a node, every page is a node, every photo is a node, Every post, every place, every noun, every thing is a node within Facebook. And every friendship or check-in or tag or like is an edge, right? So Kelvin likes um, Team Sky. Team Sky are a node. Kelvin's a node. Like is an edge. Um, Kelvin checks into the Brighton Dome. I'm a node, the Brighton Dome's a node, and the check-in, i.e. is in the place, is an edge between those two nodes. And each node has metadata, um, a kind of description that kind of goes with each of those nodes. And that was kind of how the old Facebook search, if you've not yet had graph search implemented, when you're searching on Facebook currently, and let's be honest, the um, current Facebook search before graph search was a little bit... um, Flaky. The way that that worked was really a keyword match on those um, node descriptions. So each event um, would have a kind of a Facebook ID, i.e. a node ID. It would have a node type, it'd have a description, and it'd have a name. And the way that the old um, search worked was merely in searching those descriptions and those names. Whereas what Graph Search allows you to do is search those nodes, but also the edges between them as well. Now, back to the unicorn, right? So the unicorn is an inverted index system, and that's what a lot of kind of search engines work upon. But I wanted to define what an inverted index is. Um, Now, the Wikipedia definition of an inverted index is also kind of referred to as a postings file or an inverted file. But essentially, it's an index data structure storing um, a mapping from contents, such as words or numbers, to locations in a database file um, or documents in a document set. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Now, the purpose of an inverted index is to allow fast text searches at a cost of increased processing um, when a document is added to the database. Now, the main components of Unicorn, right? So this is the the infrastructure that exists behind Graph Search, is their index. And essentially, it's a many-to-many mapping of attributes to entities, right? So, um, and it's a framework, really, to build the index from other persistent data and incremental updates. And it's a framework to retrieve entities from this index-based system. So essentially, it's a technology that makes it very, very easy for Facebook to take all of these you know, billions of nodes within the system, all of these um, trillions of edges between those nodes, and make it very, very easy for them to retrieve based upon searches within that. Now, when you start to think about the scale of that challenge, it's no surprise that um, Facebook have been slow to roll this out. But from my experience of using Graph Search, there aren't many situations where it's really struggled um, to cope with the demand. The challenge will be uh, um, adoption rather than necessarily coping with the adoption. Now, to give you an example of kind of how the system works, um, um, and I talked about every node having an ID. So suppose your friend has a Facebook ID, an FBID as they call them, um, of 1234, um, and they live in New York and like Downton Abbey, right? Um, and the index corresponding to your friend would include mappings like this right so um your um your facebook id is one um 1003 um and your friend is 123 right um so you imagine that um your you have a friend relationship so that's 1003 relationship to 1234 lives in and new york might have the living code of 111 um and so there's a relationship between um, place 111 and Facebook user 1234. And say Downton Abbey has um, 222 as a page number. And there's a like relationship between 222 and person 1234. So 
what I'm getting at there is there's an edge type of friend, there's an edge type of lives in, there's an edge type of like. And all of those likes are then associated with Facebook IDs. Now, that's a tricky one to get your head around, but essentially there's these different types of edges which um, are predetermined by Facebook and there are Facebook IDs that refer to particular people and there are IDs that refer to particular nodes within the system. A unicorn makes it easy to find the nodes that are connected to another node by searching for an edge type combined with an input node, i.e. your friends would be just, you know, if you imagine a search behind the scenes, would just be friend colon and then you'll use your your facebook id or if you wanted to find all of the people who live in new york it would just effectively carry out a search that says lives in colon 111 which would be the code for new york or if you wanted to find all of the people who like downton abbey it would be effectively like colon 222 for example now what you're then able to do really is that you can do nested queries right so you can have all of your friends so it queries the unicorn for all of your friends with using that search term. You could then add and nest on an additional query of live in New York. So that would filter all of those friends that you have by those who live within that specific um, location. And you could then filter an additional level on top of that of liking a particular thing. And that's a really powerful search query to make. And that's kind of perhaps a flippant one, searching for friends in New York who like Downton Abbey. But you can quickly quickly imagine these kind of nested queries leading to some really powerful searches that you can conduct using graph search. Um, now, the interesting thing within that for us as marketers is to try and understand, so what does that mean in terms of when there are multiple results, how does Facebook determine what... Um, sequence those results um, appear in. Now, the quote we've had from Facebook is that, um, that they use query-independent signals to kind of come up with a numeric value for importance. And that value is called a static rank of the entity. Now, there's still a bit of speculation as to what static rank could be made up of. Um, and sensibly thinking, though, that there's probably safe to assume that there are elements of the edge rank algorithm aka the newsfeed algorithm that determines what appears in your newsfeed will probably be similar um, to those which inform this static rank element of graph search now edge rank i've talked about before in the podcast and before on a number of blog posts but essentially there's three elements to it so there's affinity that is how close you are to the person involved in the content so for example if we were making use it inferring this on to graph search if there is a person connected between you you know friends who live in new york the result of that the order the sequence might be determined by the affinity you have to those friends so better friends are more likely to be higher up there's also weight and actually based on my experience this is probably the one that seems to be driving um, static rank the most within graph search at the moment so this is the the concept that different types of content can acquire weight so in the newsfeed context this means that items that are liked by or commented on by a lot of people are more likely to appear within your newsfeed than those that aren't that as well commented aren't as well liked or you know interacted with now this seems to be really really a big part of how static rank works so i.e if i ask for hotels in new york that my friends have checked into the hotel that has received the most check-ins from both my friends and in general tends to perform higher in graph search searches than others which have lower weight associated with them. And in newsfeed terms, there's also the idea of decay, which is that more recent content tends to be 
surface far more frequently than older content. Now, from my experience of Graph Search, this doesn't seem to be playing into static rank quite as much as I thought it might do. But I think over time, and as the amount of competition increases, therefore you're more likely to see this having a bigger play. Because at the moment, on most Graph Search queries, you don't actually tend to find huge amounts of competition or huge amounts of results in many cases particularly for multiple nested queries. So in this case where you're kind of dealing which of the five comes top, time is probably relatively low a factor in deciding who appears where. But as time increases and as there are more um, weight and more evenness of the weight that's distributed across those search results, the more likely you are, I think, to see time and decay becoming part of the equation. So that's fantastic. But what should you do about it if you want to try and do well in graph search? Well, realistically the legitimate likes from a well-connected person just increased so if someone's searching for hotels my friends like or um, films my friends liked suddenly having well-connected people who are at the center of networks is potentially hugely valuable so therefore there's even more of a justification now for attracting interaction with your posts but that seems quite logical anyway um, another thing to do as well is to prepare yourself for the future. At the moment, Graph Search isn't indexing um, links or posts or status updates. Um, that will change. And when that changes, it's inevitable that that will rely heavily on content that's marked up using the Open Graph protocol. Now, it's really good to implement the Open Graph protocol on your website anyway. So if people are sharing your content, your pages on Facebook, it appears as attractively as possible and gets the most amount of attention that it could. But marking up using Open Graph protocol is going to prepare you really well for the future there as well. And you probably need a bit of an affinity acquisition approach as well. So as a business on Facebook, you need to be constantly making attempts to build affinity. Now, that can be using status updates by asking questions. That can be having votes. That can be baiting people. So kind of understanding that there are certain topics we're going to engender um, comments and interaction and appreciating that as well. Um, it's also good to get people to tag you as well. So if you're a location, a geographic business, do whatever you possibly can to get people to check into your location because I think that's really going to be a big part of what informs um, graph search appearance. And ultimately, it's going to be a case of doing good social media marketing as well. Um, it's very closely aligned graph search and the what you need to achieve with general good social media marketing but there are some differences in approaches that are required and I think it is good to ultimately understand how graph search works because although doing good social media marketing might get you there and might get you good um, graph search performance it's best to understand that process because you might tweak your good social media marketing ever so slightly to understand the constraints and the system that is in place. So to finish up graph search is a pretty awesome way of searching the web but it works in a completely different way to google and their rankings it relies exclusively on connections between the user and the entity for ranking so if you want to do well on graph search you need to do good facebook marketing with a real focus on building affinity but also on increasing the weight of the um, nodes that you manage and that you want to appear in graph search Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you if you want to send an email. 
send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.